Welcome to a powerful encounter with the Word of God, brought to you by Eastwood Annabelle. We started looking at the breaker, and we took the scripture from Micah, chapter 2, and the verse number 13, just to help those of us who missed the point in the morning. And we said that the breaker is come up before them. They have broken up. They are passed through the gate. And they are gone out by it. And their king shall pass before them. And the Lord on the head of them. And we said that this breaker is Jehovah Messiah. That is Jesus Christ who led captivity captive. And he broke through for all of us. And then he is the pattern for the savior. And that if you want to be a savior, you must understand what Jesus went through in order to be the savior of the world. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despising the shame. And I made us pray the prayer where we said, Father, give us the capacity to despise the shame. The ability to put shame aside. You know what? Anybody who must be a savior, you will deal with shame. Because you know, if, if you want to be a savior, one of the things you will constantly come against is accusation. In fact, that name Satan actually means a slanderer. The devil will slander, he will blackmail, he will, he will put shame your way. He will put things your way that will embarrass you. And if you are not careful, you will never be able to open your mouth and do anything. I mean, for example, let's say, how can you be the president of a country if you fear shame? Have you ever thought about it? Especially in Africa. It's impossible to be a president if you, if you fear shame. Sometimes I see people, they are trying to stand election. And I'm like, don't they hear what people say about them? But you know what? They are so convinced they have to lead a country. And they have to play a role in nation building. That they don't care what you have to say. It, it may pain them. It, 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 it may offend them. But their objective to lead a country, to, to lead people, and to emancipate people is so strong that what you have to say about them doesn't stop them. And I'm praying that Christians will learn from them. So, the submissiveness where you are so submissive to God, that shame does not knock you out of, the, out, of, out of contention is so important. Now, tonight we are going to pray about another thing which has to do with receive the servant spirit to serve your people even at the expense of your life. Breakthrough forbidden barriers to save people. I mean, forbidden barriers where you are praying to God, Father, in the name of Jesus. You pray for the servant spirit, the spirit of a servant. The trouble about many people who serve God is that they think they are doing God a favor. But many people think they are doing God a favor. They, they think they are doing God a favor. You know, there are the people who stand in front of God and they say, God, 
you must be very lucky to have me serving you. I, I think God, I, I am really helping you. You know, Esther was one person who was in the palace and it was Mordecai who actually helped him to be in the palace. Esther now got to the palace <laughs> and um, the Jews are going to be killed and Mordecai sent a message to Esther and said, Esther, we need your help. Let's start from around the verse number 12. So they sent a message to Esther and they said, Esther, we need your help. And Esther started giving excuses. So they went and they told Mordecai Esther's words. Verse number 13. Now let, let's go and start far away from around verse 8. Let's start far away and come. Far away and come. Also he gave a copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shushan to destroy them to show unto Esther. So Esther's cousin Mordecai took the decree. The decree that was saying kill all the Jews on a particular day. Declare to Esther and say unto her and to charge her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him and to make a request before him for her people. So Esther, go and save our lives. We are going to die. They are going to kill us on a certain day. And Esther, you are the only person on earth we know who can appeal to this king for us to be saved. And Hattaj came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. And Esther speak, speak unto Hattaj and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into his inner court, who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except said to whom the king shall hold a golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these 30 days. 30 days now. The king has not invited me to his presence. I can't go. I'm his wife, but I cannot go. If I appear there and he does not stretch out the golden scepter, I'm dead. And they told Mordecai, Esther's words. And this Mordecai boy, this guy is a nationalist. This, this man is a radical. They took the message to him. And Mordecai commanded, go and tell Esther. Think not within thyself that thou shalt escape the king's house more than all the Jews. Don't think because you are in the palace you are going to escape. Don't think because you are in the palace you are going to escape. You know there are some of you sometimes when we call things like fasting and prayer you don't even take part. Because you think all these things we are binding and losing and taking authority. Today I heard Prophet Livingston leading us to pray powerful prayers. Some members of the church are not involved in the fasting and prayer. You know, somehow something has deceived them that the cocoon that they are. You know, a cocoon is something, a worm that is hiding in a case 
The whole thing is called a cocoon. These people think they are hiding. You know, oh, I'm too sophisticated. With, with my kind of education, I can't die like that. With the kind of money I have, I cannot die like that. You know, you are walking about and you are just a cocoon. You are looking at your body. Your body looks strong. I have seen people who walked into the hospital themselves. And they walked into the hospital and the doctor says you cannot walk out. You are a dead man walking. You have only two weeks to live. Some go into the hospital and there is nothing wrong with them. They just examine them and they tell them you are in the last stages of cancer. Listen, whenever we are praying, pray. Stop deceiving yourself. Stop. Listen, stop deceiving yourself is a mild way of saying stop fooling yourself. You are just walking about, you are so confident. You see these kind of people that buy a brand new car, Land Cruiser V8, and they are on the road. When you ask them, they say, oh, his people drive Kekena people die. Me, a Land Cruiser, ah, that's my car. This car is safe. There's no safe car on earth. The grace of God is the only safe car. I pray. Watch this, watch this. The greatest manifestation of pride is when a church is fasting and believing God and trusting God and you refuse to fast. You know, at our age, we are still doing it and preaching morning and night. Because you know what, people? I'm afraid to even say that people are fasting, but me, I won't fast. No, no, no. I'm, I'm afraid. It will be like you have reached a place where you've taken life for granted. You, you, you've just assumed that nothing can happen to you. And you're like, well, this is Pradeshwood, you know. I'm a man of God. I'm a man of God. You know, I, I'm the pastor. I'm the senior pastor. The devil has never gone into a church and he knows who the senior pastor is. In fact, incidentally, when he wants to strike, he starts from the senior pastor. The Bible says, strike the shepherd and the sheep shall what? Scatter. The sheep are the last the devil will, will, will want to scatter. So when he enters into the church, he is looking for the Nerzule. He is looking for the people who are honorable, the people that are noble. I can tell you if the devil comes into this church now, he is looking for those he will kill and it will make news. Look at the way the terrorists operate. Terrorists like to attack places where there will be news. You know what people? You the one that are so sure of yourself that you will not fast and pray. If the devil comes into this place now, you are the one you'll be looking for. Look, there are people the devil will not look for them. Because you know, if he attacks them, nobody will hear of them. But in your case, if the devil kills you, it will be news. It will be news. So he said, don't think that where you are, you will escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Let's go verse 14. And if thou together, all together, hold your peace at this time, then shall enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. He said that as for us, don't worry at all about us. If you refuse, deliverance will come from somewhere else. Listen, there is nothing you are doing for God, which if you refuse to do, another person will not do. 
God will raise another person. You'll be shocked. No, it will shock you. There is nothing you are doing for God nobody can do. Some of the things God wants you to do and you are bluffing him. A time is coming. You cannot go near it. Because you know what? People will occupy it. You will look at them. Envy will kill you. A time is coming. From Bogatanga, they will be lifting some of the people in helicopters and taking them to various parts of the world and various parts of Ghana. Listen, a time is coming. A helicopter will pick Rutwalis, social transformation, and take her from one part of Africa to another part to go do some work for, for God. I prophesy that this thing will only become bigger. It will become only stronger. It will only become greater. It will only become larger. Oh, Magadabasia is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And you know what? Those of us God has called, we better start thanking him for the role that we are playing. So he said, if you refuse to help me, enlargement and deliverance will come from somewhere else. But as for you and your father's house, you will be destroyed. <laughs> you and your father's house. Listen, one of the ways you can destroy yourself is to refuse to help God. To help the cause of God. You know what the way Jesus put it? He said, he that saves his life will lose it. I remember several years ago, I knew a man who was to go on full-time ministry. This man was to go on full-time ministry. We talked and talked and talked and talked. This man would not respond. Then one day the man was lying in the hospital. I wouldn't like to go on the, into the details because I don't want anybody who knew the story to have an idea that that's what I'm talking about. So this man was in the hospital and they did something to him in the hospital. And what they did, if he came out, Josh, he would not be able to work too well. And that's because they did something to him and they, they, they affected his body. So he now did not have the full capacity to really do many things for God. I went to visit him in the hospital. He told me, he said, Brother Isud, if they release me from the hospital, I'm going to serve God on full time. I am now ready. Unfortunately, he didn't get out. The man died shortly after. He didn't live to do what he thought he would now do. He wanted to respond, but the time he wanted to respond was too late. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to appeal to any of you who God sometimes wants to serve him. Either for your family, for your ministry, for the nation, for a region or whatever. Respond. You know what he said? Today if you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Esther, if you refuse to help us, if you refuse to help us, you and your father's house will be destroyed. And he said, and who know it, whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. He's saying that the, 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 the reason you are in that palace is because of us. You know, so people, 
Whether it is your family. Listen. The money you have is not yours. It belongs to you and your family. Your poor mother. Your poor father. People. You are there for such a time as this. That's what he told them. And then verse number 15. And Esther told them. Return and tell Mordecai this. Go. Gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast for me. Fast for me. That is why we are fasting. Saviors need fasting. You cannot be a savior without fasting. I pray as you are fasting, may the hand of God be upon you as a savior. Tell them to go and fast for me. And neither eat nor drink these three days. Night or day. That means daytime no food. Night no food. Three days. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king. Which is not according to the law. And if I perish. I perish. Verse 17. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded her. Go and tell the people they should fast and pray for me. I'm going in to the king and if I perish, I perish. This is a woman who understood what it meant to be a servant. This is a woman who is saying, I may die in the process of doing what I'm doing, but I want to go and do it. Because I want to save people. I received the spirit of a servant. Immediately, Esther understood that she was in the temple. She was in the king's palace. Not for herself. But for the sake of the people. I'll be meditating on a certain scripture today. For quite a long time. It's in Luke 17. From the verse number 7. Luke chapter 17. From the verse number 7. I've been reading that scripture for a long time today and it has to do with being a servant. Somebody lift up your hand ten times and shout, I am a servant. A savior is a servant, not a boss. You are a servant. You are not a boss. The, the problem about it is that most of the people who can be saviors, who are in churches, many times when they come to church, they forget that what they are in their office, when they come to the things of God and into the kingdom, they are not that thing. So, for example, Peter Dongo is the CEO of his company and is the chairman of a company. But as soon as he walks through this door, it is over. There, by the time I get to one door upon one, who post here. And as for him, I think he understands it. So today, even when we were worshiping, he was the only one lying on the floor with his face on the ground. I saw him. CEO, chairman, his face was on the ground. People who are not looking for work. 
They are looking at God. Chairman, his face is on the ground. You are standing there. When will they finish all this singing and preach? We want to go home. <laughs> the one who, who, who gives you employment, he's on the floor. His face is on the ground. You know, our trouble is that the person is the headmaster of a school, head teacher of a school. The person is um, maybe the regional director of something, something. They come to church and they forget that church is not the department where they were the regional director. They come to the church with the same spirit. The senior pastor forgets that he's a senior pastor, but when it comes to God, he's a senior pastor. Look, God doesn't know senior pastor. If God walks into this building now, he will not call me senior pastor, come here. He will call me Eastwood. Um, Eastwood. Or he may even say Abby. Abby. Come here. The Lord has never spoken to me in a conversation and mentioned my title before. In fact, he has never said pastor so and so. No. So, I'm reading, a book. I'm reading this part of the Bible. On being a servant and he said Luke chapter 17 verse 7 But which of you having a servant And you know there are two words In the New Testament That talk about servant One of them is diaconos Diaconos when you are a servant And the other one here is Doulos The doulos is a slave Who belongs to your master The diaconos You are a servant but you are not a slave As such the diagonals can stop being a servant. He has a lot of choices. At a certain point, he can decide, I will do it. He can also decide, I will not do it. When a certain period expires, a diagonals can just walk away. But the doulos, which is the word, Greek word that is used here, the doulos is owned entirely and completely by your master. In fact, as a doulos, your master can kill you. And it's not a crime. So Jesus, many times when he was talking about people being servants, he was talking about them being a servant like a doulos, but not a diaconos. Okay. So he said, for which of you having a doulos, plowing, that is if he's a plowman, or feeding cattle or sheep, if the person is the shepherd. So which of you having a doulos? Who is a plowman or a shepherd will say unto him, By and by. You know, in English language, when we say by and by, it means over a period of time. But in this King James Bible, this language means immediately, instantly, okay, straightway. So if the person is plowing, will the master tell him straightway or immediately when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet? You don't come from the field and your master will tell you, go and sit down and eat. And give him water to bath. And clean him up. And bath, please. Here are clothing for you to change. Your master will not tell you that when you come from the field. When you come from the field, they will not tell you, go and sit down and eat. Verse number 8. What they would rather tell you, he would rather tell him, make ready wherewith I may sup. As soon as you come from farming, you come from plowing, you come from taking care of the sheep, your master will tell you, I'm ready to eat. It's my dinner. 
I want to have dinner. And you are the same person who take care of that. So, I'm ready to sup and gird yourself. Serve me until I have eaten and drunken and afterward you too can eat and drink. You've gone to work. You are hungry. You are tired. You've come home. Your master would rather tell you give me my supper. Serve me when I have eaten and I have drunk. Then you too can eat and drink. Verse number 9. Now, this verse number 9 is where our problem is. This is where our disappointments are. This is where our frustration is. Because this is what we are expecting and many times it never comes. Does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded him? He said, I throw not. Does the master thank him for doing what he was commanded to do? Jesus said, I don't think so. Can I tell you this? God is not going to thank you. Huh? People are not likely to appreciate you. People are not going to celebrate you for doing what you are supposed to do. Listen. If you are too important, God will unimportant you. No, you'll be shocked. Listen, you'll be shocked the way he will take you and put you aside. And many times, when he puts you aside, you may think you resigned. And you may also think it is the pastor or your leader who removed you, but it is God himself. You were too important and he refused. He removed you. one of us will not be walking about looking for God to come and tell you thank you. Yes. Anything I'm doing in this church, they don't even see it. We see it all. But we won't mind you. You want it and you are doing it. If you don't want it, stop. Listen. Too many too important people in the church. No, you are just important. What you are doing, everybody must say thank you. Nobody can rebuke you. Nobody can correct you. Huh? Everybody must mention your name constantly. That you are the one running the show. No, if you realize I'm quiet about you and I don't mention your name to appreciate you, it means I am saying you are matured. You are there. You don't need this encouragement. You don't need it. Now, let me, let me ask you a question. How many of you here need oxygen? If I bring oxygen in a cylinder right now and put the oxygen mask in front of your nose, you remove it because you know what? You don't need the oxygen. By the time they are putting oxygen on your nose, it means you are dying. So it's the people who are dying, I'm constantly saying thank you. So if you notice that I'm always mentioning your name and say thank you, it means I'm saying you are a babe. You are a baby. And if I don't find your fire like that, you will die. And then, and then, and then, you two, you two, you are just there. And they come and deceive you. Do you see that daddy doesn't mention you at all? 
When he's appreciating others, he does not really appreciate you. You see, some of you, they don't recognize you at all. And you are also sitting there. It's true. It's true. I cannot remember the day. Daddy really mentioned my name. The day you die, I'll mention your name. At your, at your funeral, I'll say good things about you. What is that? What is that? sang a very powerful song daddy did not even look at the song oh we rehearse three days am I rehearsal you rehearse to minister unto the Lord people are looking for appreciation some are looking for thanks 20 years now they have not increased my salary are you really working for salary so if there was no salary you won't work so you are doing the ushering for the praise of men you are doing it for praise you want people to praise you I believe you've been blessed by this message for further information please visit www.eastwoodanaba.com God bless you richly